This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. What happened to Kyle Filipowski over the weekend? That, that's not on the way for his fans. That's on Kyle Filipowski. But if you saw the overhead shot, he's the one that stuck his leg out uh, while the fan is storming the court, and he's the one that decided that he was going to flop. In no way, shape, or form is Kyle Filipowski a victim in any of this, all right? Let's cut that out, first of all. What happened over the weekend to Kyle Filipowski is not the case in point when it comes to being against court storming because he absolutely could have controlled what happened to him. Sticking your leg out and trying to trip a fan while they're court storming and getting hurt and injuring your ankle in the process it is not something where you can then place blame on Wake Forest or on the, the stadium staff. That's on you, Kyle Filipowski. Uh, that was Chris Canty from Unsportsmanlike. I also think that it should be noted that Kyle chose to go to Duke and then also chose to lose on the road. Uh, further examples of easily place uh, pointing the finger at Kyle Filipowski. It's your fault, Kyle. If you don't want to get uh, run over by uh, by students, win. Or go to a place where uh, it's not a big deal to beat you. Like go to, I don't know, um, Longwood. Uh, Connor O'Neill covers Duke. <laughs> And Wake Forest uh, at Connor O'Neill underscore D.I. was uh, at the Joel on Saturday. Uh, how are you, sir? I'm, uh, you know, I've got the Twitter bit where I screenshot Bobby Portis headshot. <laughs> yes. Uh, for the eyes popping out. That's that's kind of me right now uh, after listening to that clip. Oh, my gosh. Like I said before, like, and I saw it on Twitter uh, people blaming Filipowski. I'm not even sitting here blaming Wake Forest. I'm not blaming the fans. I don't. I'm not anti court storming. Uh, but if you blame the athlete there, I just think you're misplaced. Uh, and I just I'm trying to be as kind as possible. Uh, we'll get yeah, into. I, go ahead. I honestly think that I don't really care if he threw an elbow or <laughs> stuck his knee out like I, i'm not seven foot i don't know how a seven footer walks but <laughs> kyle does take long strides i've i've seen um the part of it where me like it is our most primal instinct fight or flight and when you see dozens of people running into your space yeah it triggers that it's Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90% give the money and then we meet every year and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. I mean, yeah. self, you're just trying to protect yourself at some level. Right? You're trying yeah. to get out of there. Uh, without getting hurt, and obviously it didn't work. Uh, Filipowski, whatever. I mean, we don't know what the status is. Uh, John Shire said ankle in the post game. Uh, it turns out it's knee. Uh, that's probably a lot worse than ankle if you think about it. But uh, all we can do is kind of wait until Duke releases whatever the information is, uh, and they've got a game coming up, and maybe we'll know 
uh, by the time they take to the court, right? Maybe we'll maybe we'll know who is it uh, that they've got coming up uh, this week. You might you. Ooh. Louisville uh, oh, on Wednesday night. Uh, they, they don't need Kyle Phil. Well, I shouldn't say that. They probably do need Kyle Filipowski. Uh, it wouldn't be a great sign uh, if he wasn't going to play in that game anyway. All right, let's talk about the game uh, because I think the game was significant. And I don't think there's any uh, – there's, there's no proof here about Wake Forest other than we all thought that they were a good team. And at least Saturday – they played that way against an outstanding opponent. How was? What's your read of what we saw? Yeah, thank God we're going to talk about the game because that's the best <laughs> game I've seen all year. And right. I'm pretty sure it's the best game I've seen since the 22 Final Four with Carolina and Duke. And I don't know if any game I ever see from then on will we'll supersede that one, <laughs> but... I mean, just such a high-level game. You have so many talented players, and in a game where he needed to be the best player on the court, Hunter Salas was the best player on the court, yeah. and, and Wake Forest had him. Um, everything flowed through him. He was open on the on the kicks from Duke doubling down in the post in the second half, so Duke had to adjust. And then when they adjust and start taking that away, that's when you have... Andrew Carr step up and make a few buckets down low. That's when you have Cam Hildreth at a corner three. Cam Hildreth has had a busted wrist for more than a month now. Um, it's not gotten any better, even though he stopped. He's, he's had all kinds of different stuff on his wrist. Right. It's not like it magically healed. Like he still needs surgery after the season. <laughs> and and he's the guy that hits the three to make it a, make it a chasing situation yeah. down the last couple minutes. Um, just so many high-level plays. Um, you know, Duke was a lot more balanced. Like you have Filipowski, I think it was Filipowski, Roach, McCain, Proctor, all in the 17 to 14 point range. Yep. Um, Proctor played really well for, for having a concussion about a, a week and a half ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and you have it's, it's execution down the stretch is what John Shire talked about in the post game when he wasn't talking about everything from afterward. Uh, and you have Jeremy Roach has been the steadiest player for Duke all year, and he turned the ball over twice in the last two minutes. Right. And those were crushing. And that's that's the kind of stuff that you're going to get next month. And then we got a taste of it. And we got, you know, Wake got their signature win. Um, it felt to me going into the game, and then everything about the game felt like it was the same thing we saw Wake do seven years ago. Um, they had a home game against Louisville late in the year. It was a top 10 Louisville team. Wake's resume was not metrically the same as this year's, but they they needed that signature win to push them over the top. And a John Collins-led Wake Forest team beat a Donovan Mitchell-led Louisville team. Um, and it, it was a lot like that. It was, it was Wake's. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know, here we are moment. We're not picking up a quad one win. Um, you know, one of 
there's there's quad one wins where you beat a top 30 team somewhere, yeah. and there's quad ones where you beat a top, you know, the 63rd ranked team on the road, and you can just kind of snipe one. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For Wake, for Wake, it was the former, and it was it was their arrival moment on a trying to get back onto the national stage. Connor O'Neill <laughs> covers Duke and Wake Forest. Uh, at, at, you can follow him on Twitter. I, don't, I can't speak suddenly. Uh, at Connor O'Neill underscore DI. Here's the thing about it. Because they, they, they keep referring to these as uh, it's a quad one win. They're blank and blank in, the, in quad one. I'm like, can, can we look at what these are? Because a road win at, I don't know. Actually, I can use a Sunbelt team. A road win at JMU or a road win at App, which is, look, we just talked to, talked to Dustin Kearns. So I'm not going to use them. Uh, but a road win at JMU and a home win over Duke or North Carolina, they ain't the same animal. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that winning at JMU is not difficult, but those are not the same animal, but they are treated the same by uh, by the people who are in the lower left-hand corner box on your screen during play because we can't sustain ourselves by simply watching a good basketball game. And I don't think that happened during the Wake-Duke game, but it happens routinely during the week. No offense, I like Joe Lenardi. I've known him for twenty some 25 years, 30 years. I don't need to see him on my screen during the game. Um, so you're th- real, quickly about Duke. Because I thought I think I saw more good than bad signs out of that game for Duke. Late game situation, Jeremy Roach of all people turning the ball over, notwithstanding. I thought I saw more good out of uh, out of the Blue Devils than anything else. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with. I mean, of course they'd like to win the game, but it's more the fact that look, they went into this three game road swing, and I think. I think Mark Packer asked me, I think some other people asked me before it, is Duke a Final Four contender? And they're they're such a hard team to evaluate this year yeah. because they've lost now three games since the first week of December, but they had a high-profile loss in the first week of the season and then lost two road games to bad teams at Arkansas and Georgia Tech. Yeah. And so it, it's – and then every time, you know, they – they lose a home game to Pitt. They lose at Carolina. The at Carolina game, that game is always going to be seen through the prism. Like, that's that's going to be the one on which they're judged. I went into this three-game road swing saying, I, I want to evaluate their, you know, top-tier upper echelon of college basketball credentials based on how they play in this, in this next three games. And they had the Jared McCain explosion at Florida State. Yep. They had an utter thrashing of Miami on the road. Granted, a shorthanded Miami team. Yeah. And then they played a high-level basketball game that they just made one or two less plays down the stretch than the other team. And the other team happened to be at home. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I come out of it saying I think Duke is right there in the next year with, uh, you know, I think it's UConn, Purdue, and Houston. And then I think it's the next year. And that's where Duke is with, you know, your, your Auburn, Tennessee, Carolina, um, they're, they're right there. They can beat anybody in the country and against one of those top three. I mean, they're teams that you would see in the Elite Eight or Final Four, and I think you could hang with them on a good night. Yeah, I think they're more matchup dependent maybe than some of the other teams there because I think physicality can definitely uh, impact them. But 
Uh, they're also going to play for the ACC regular season championship, if that matters, what, you know, barring uh, a surprise when they take on the Tar Heels at Cameron Indoor next Saturday. Yeah. So that's, I mean, uh, I think that's what it's going to be like. I think that's, I mean, Duke still has to play Virginia, but, um, you know, I think the Blue Devils are really, it all really also depends on the health of Kyle Filipowski, and we hope that he's okay. But, um, again, I thought, I, I saw a lot of good out of the Blue Devils, and I also think that, again, I don't know if Wake Forest proved anything because they still have to do it, but I think the the end of the regular season schedule for them, like if Wake doesn't go, I mean, you could lose to anybody, but I think if they don't go four and zero, they've kind of made a mistake. Yeah, I think I think three and one uh, also should put them in, and and one of you know they've got two on the road this week. They've got two at home next week, um, and the one at home that I'm really looking forward to is the last game of the year. Which- Clemson. Yeah, um, which I think would be a t- uh, another quad one. Um, the silly thing about the quads is Wake Forest went into the weekend with one quad one win and came out of the weekend with one quad one win because Florida dropped from like 29 to 31. <laughs> it's just, it, it, I mean, we, we tracked it from yeah. Florida climbed up there. So a couple weeks ago, Wake retroactively got a quad yeah. one with Florida moving into it, and now they're, they get the big win against Duke, and hey, guess what? Florida, uh, I assume Florida lost. I don't even know, but you know, Florida yeah. dropped a little bit, so you're still on one quad uh, duty. But yeah, I mean, Wake, <laughs> Wake now has to go on the road twice this week and prove it. They can win on the road. Um, they have done it before. They've done it this season. It's just not been very frequent. Um, and that was the point that C4s made this morning was just, the game at Notre Dame tomorrow night is just as important as the game against Duke. It's it's one game in the in the win or loss column, and you know the, the shine is going to be off the Duke win in a hurry if they blow one at Notre Dame. Yeah, don't lose that. I yeah. I think the win at Virginia Tech might be the one that really puts him in because road wins obviously mean more and all of that. But I mean, who can figure out the net anyway? Uh, Wake Forest suddenly moved up to like number 20, 28 after being in the 40s based on a blowout road win of somebody who ain't that good. Uh, so it just, I can't figure it out. Uh, the net is maybe the dumbest metric I've seen. Uh, of all the dumb metrics, I think the net might actually uh, be the dumbest of all of them. Uh, Connor O'Neill, uh, Deacon's Illust- Deacon Illustrated, Demon Illustrated, it's everything. At Connor O'Neill underscore D-I. Man, I appreciate your time. I'll, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc.